0: Welcome to episode two. This is your host, Derek Chaser, where chasing the Walt Disney World resort magic is a reality. I hope everyone has had a great week. And without further ado, let's start the show. Um, I'm trying out a new mic this week. I realized that in the first episode, um, my voice was pretty loud as it came across. So um, as I'm starting to do a little bit of trial and error with the show, I'm just trying to find out what the best mics gonna be so uh, please bear with me as we uh, get some of the audio issues uh, cleared up as the podcast starts to take off um, first and foremost I just came back from a three-day trip um, from Disney World had an absolute fantastic time it was just an amazing trip uh, we, we were able to do a lot um, in a very short period amount of time We even got a little bit of pixie dust on this trip. For those that don't know what pixie dust is, it's when Walt Disney World does something extremely nice for you. It's not something you can expect to happen, but when it does happen, it makes it a little bit extra um, magical for sure. Uh, In my case, what what that actually was is, I was staying at uh, Disney Coronado Springs Resort, and I had had a standard room. And during check-in, when we were checking in to see if our room was ready, uh, we were upgraded to a preferred room. And what a preferred room is at uh, uh, the resorts is a room that is always closer to the main amenities, whether that be the restaurants, whether that actually would be the, uh, whether it's the restaurants, whether it's the pool sometimes, It's it's the main area is is what a preferred room puts you the closest to so you're easier to get to bus stops it's just it's just a really nice uh, especially if you don't want to do much walking if if that's a you know a barrier for you it's it's just it's just a nice uh, option that they offer. Preferred rooms do cost a lot more unfortunately they are. um, be upwards of 40 to 50 bucks cheaper sometimes more a night than the standard rooms but uh, i've stayed at standard rooms i've stayed at preferred rooms obviously if you get a chance i i do prefer no pun intended the preferred room just because of how close it is to everything we actually stayed in casitas 2 at uh, the coronado springs resort it was a really really nice area um, preferred room. It was next to its own little pool, and uh, that that was really cool as well. We didn't get a chance to swim since it was only a three-day trip, but uh, it was nice to know that it was right around the corner if we would have wanted to, and uh, a tip that I would have if you're staying at uh, Coronado Springs Resort is that uh, to get to the main area when you start walking out you always want to walk until you get to the main lake and and really at this resort the main lake is just one big circle around the property with the addition of the three bridges bar and grill they have now built three bridges hence the name where regardless of where you actually are on the resort you can easily cut across the bridge now and get to the grand destino tower uh th- this place the grand casino tower that just opened up it is absolutely gorgeous i i've seen videos on youtube i've seen pictures of it and they honestly really don't do uh this uh this tower justice until you see it in person when, when you walk in a lot of the resorts at disney world have a um a smell i, I know that sounds weird it's like well, what do you mean derek they have a smell to them each resort uh Typically the, the moderates and the deluxes, I, I can't say that for all the values that I've you know that I've, I've been through, but at least at the moderates and the deluxes, they typically sometimes can have a very distinct smell. Out of the moderates, I know that the uh, uh, Caribbean um, does does have one. I have not been to the Caribbean yet, but I've stayed at uh, um, Riverside as well as uh, French Quarter and I know um, for a fact that the French Quarter has one that they piped through. I didn't really smell one at Riverside but uh, Grandestino Tower has one and it was a, a clean smell. I, I'm trying to explain what it would smell like. To me it smelled like, uh, for those of you that are familiar with the Soren Ride where um, the gentlemen are in um, I believe It is in Fiji and they are in a canoe and there there's that scene where they're canoeing and they have that smell that comes across during the ride it smells a lot like that a very clean smell Um, and uh, it's it's just an absolutely gorgeous uh, gorgeous tower Um, and uh, we got dropped off at the Magical Express drop-off which is to the right of the Grand Destino Tower and now regardless of where you are staying at um disney's coronado springs resort you have to check in now at the main lobby of grand destino tower um so there is uh they actually consider the grand destino tower check-in area um the lobby and the lobby is um it's just when you first walk in absolutely gorgeous and then there's also a set of stairs after check-in that is the downstairs lower level, which has the Barcelona Lounge. The Barcelona Lounge. I did not get a chance to eat any of the appetizers at the Barcelona Lounge, but I was able to um, share share a drink um, with my wife, and we absolutely loved it there. One of the cool things uh, that is about this bar is there is a huge Hidden Mickey behind the bar at uh, Barcelona Lounge. I'm not going to say where it is. I myself am colorblind. Actually, I needed help from my wife to identify it. But it was really neat because when we were there, you could see other couples coming by, other passers-goers, and they were actually looking for the Hidden Mickey. The bartenders will tell you where the Hidden Mickey is if you really want to know. But part of the fun is trying to find it. And it is an absolutely massive hidden Mickey that is behind the bar. It's really cool. And then when you walk around the corner there, when you're on the lower level, uh, you can take the elevators back upstairs. The elevators at the Grand Destino Tower are also extremely unique and cool. They're touch screens. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's a step away from the old school where you go up to an elevator and they have, you know, where you just push, you know, push, push one of the circles and say, Hey, you know, I'm going up, I'm going down. And, uh, it's, it's just different when it's like you're literally on your smartphone pushing away on buttons. It's, it's just a unique, but cool experience. Those elevators, how they were able to do that was really neat. And then also, um, by the elevators, um, at the lower level is the, uh, uh, actual entryway the walkway to the old el centro which was where you used to check in at coronado springs resort el centro itself when you walk through there it's still intact it's almost like disney was just we built the grand destino tower literally you could still see the computers that they have there from when they were checking in people before the old uh, um, guest relations the concierge where you can ask questions everything is literally there it's just they, no one's there. So you're just walking through. I wonder during busy season, the reason why maybe they would have kept that set up is if they get extremely busy, maybe as overflow, they would have people checking, um, you know, checking people in in El Centro, because, or maybe they don't know how they're gonna repurpose that space yet. But I found it interesting that they actually still had it intact to where they could check people in there if, if, they, if they decided to do so. So I'll be kind of curious to see as time goes by if that's gonna be an overflow place or not. Um, also, we got a chance to try out the Three Bridges Bar and Grill. As I mentioned previously here a little bit ago, the, the Three Bridges actually connect you to all the different parts of Coronado Springs Resort. Uh, it's a beautiful beautiful lakefront bar and grill Um, it's just absolutely gorgeous to be able to sit out there and you know order some food have a drink and and look around the lakefront that is all around uh, Coronado Springs we had an absolutely amazing experience if you go there there was a young man who was phenomenal uh, phenomenal uh cast member his name was gray very knowledgeable about the menu at three bridges bar and grill very personable someone you could talk to uh just great at his job just made made the experience that much better because he wanted to and it wasn't just where he was doing it just for our table watching him interact with every table that he waited on he just had a very um Very good presence about them and just was a very good person and and just added to the overall experience at Three Bridges Bar and Grill. We got a chance to try out um, one of the entrees as well as a couple different appetizers. We tried out the fried shrimp corn dogs and they were absolutely delicious. I could not believe how good these fried shrimp corn dogs are. They come with also some paprika fries, which are also really good. And then they have a couple different dipping sauces. One of them is a um, a mayonnaise type dip, and then the other one is is a cheese dip, an aioli cheese. And they both the aioli, I'm sorry, was the mayonnaise, and then they have a cheese dip, and they both were really good. It comes with five actual fried shrimp corn dogs, and uh, they're the the jumbo shrimp, so it's not like it's a small piece of shrimp. It looks, you know, how filling could that be? The first night I was there, um, my wife and I split the the shrimp corn dogs. The second night when we went back, um, Mindy actually got the fried shrimp corn dogs as her entree and then we also got as another appetizer, they were trying out a lemon salsa corn dip and there was a bunch of other stuff in it that was just delicious that wasn't on the menu and they're trying to get it on the menu and it had some cheese in it as well with nachos. It was just amazing and then I also tried the Three Bridges Signature Burger and that was a really good hamburger. It was it was awesome. I did not get a chance to um, try the Szechuan wings um, just didn't have enough time, but those looked intriguing as well, but I can tell you their signature burger and the shrimp corn dogs, as well as this, uh, um, the dip that they were trying out, the corn dip were, were, all good. There was not anything that we had there that was bad. Um, unfortunately, I can't say that for, um, the El Mercado de Coronado. When we first checked in, we needed to grab a quick bite. Uh, Mindy and I went over to the El Mercado de Coronado, which replaced the old pepper market. It had been years since we had stayed at Coronado Springs, and we used to really like the pepper market that was there. Unfortunately, it's not as good as when it was the pepper market, in my opinion. I remember taking the kids there at one time, and we could get uh, family-sized pizzas, Now there are personal pizzas, which isn't a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. I understand that, but it was nice to have an economical option to where you could get a family sized pizza. And now the, you know, the personal pizzas themselves are, you get, you know, if I had to get five of those, um, for my family, it was a lot cheaper to get. And I think the pizza used to be better too, to get a family sized pizza. But what my wife and I ended up getting, what Mindy and I ended up getting, is Mindy got the so- got the beef nachos, and wow, these things were just so soggy. Um, I don't know how a a chip, you know, that was yeah, yeah, a tortilla chip could get that soggy that quick, but it did. And then I tried the Italian panini, and it. it it was under a heat lamp, which was my own fault. I should have known better. They had an expiration date on it, but I was hungry. We had just gotten there. We wanted to eat something. So I got the panini. It was not good at all. Um, very, very, uh, very hard. Um, the, the actual breading, the, and it's a focaccia bread and it actually, unfortunately made my stomach hurt. Uh, so Neither one of the, you know, meals that we, neither one of the entrees we got there did we like at all. We also got a chance to try out uh, Rick's Sports Bar and Grill. Unfortunately, the grill was broken um, the night that we went in there to uh, uh, test it out. The workers were super nice about it. Really, really good. We had a good uh, experience in there little bit of time that we were in there, but unfortunately we couldn't stay for an extended period of time because the actual, well, cause the grill was broken. And, and I know that they are in the process of repairing it. And they did share with us when we were there that they have been trying to repair the grill for over a week. Um, but the overall decor on there had a nice vibe to it. It was a really kind of a upscale sports bar um, and grill. Really preferred three bridges in decor anyway, however, after being there a couple nights we wanted to try something different but they were very helpful too at Rick's because they were able to even though we were down at the restaurant and not in our room they they gave us the phone that was actually at the bar so we could order room service back to our room and I, I I really appreciated that I think they went above and beyond given the circumstance that they were in so that was very much appreciated um We did try to get into the dahlia lounge and unfortunately it was closed when we went there we went there it would have been oh maybe like 9 30 10 o'clock the latest at night and it was supposed to be open to uh, i believe it was midnight and i think because of low crowds that night they had already had closed the lounge down for the night and the next time we go back as well we would like to try uh, toledo top of steak and seafood we were not able to uh, get that all in on this trip either. But all, all in all, we, we, we loved we loved the room. All the rooms at uh, Coronado have been refurbed. The, the Decino Tower, brand new, so those rooms would be new. And then um, I guess the last thing I'd want to say about uh, the actual resort itself was that uh, we did really enjoy going to uh, Pan Cheetos, which is the the gift shop that they have. We were able to find some really cool um, souvenirs, as well as you could get, uh, you know, bread, meat, if you didn't want, if you wanted to make a sandwich, if you wanted to do something different along those lines, um, if you wanted to get water, you know, Something to drink, you know, if you wanted an adult beverage, everything was there, and the workers were really nice. And one of the things that we've started recently doing is pin trading, and the cast members are really uh, wanting to look at our pins, and they seemed very interactive with us, wanting to make sure that we had a chance to trade pins with them, if uh, if we wanted to, and I thought that was cool as well. Um, and uh, I guess real quick on that note too before we uh, go into the weekly stories i also wanted to also say that i felt that the transportation was great Uh, we didn't have to wait too long at all for any of the buses to go to the park i think the longest we waited was eight minutes one time i know they tell you it could be anywhere from 15 minutes i think upwards sometimes during busy season 20 to 25 minutes for a bus to come at the resort, uh, we did not experience that, and we were able to. Um, the The actual transportation was never was never a barrier for us at all. So that was that was also uh, a, a huge uh, um, a huge plus, without a shadow of a doubt. So, okay, switching gears, going into the weekly stories that I found interesting this week. Uh, The weekly stories that I typically um, find, I always kind of look at the Walt Disney World Resort uh, um, blog because I really like the articles that they put together and they always are letting everyone know what's truly going on and what's new at uh, the Walt Disney World Resorts. So this week in the Chasers Weekly Recap, the first one that um, came up that I thought was really kind of cool because we're kind of also been talking about uh, the Coronado Springs Resort and the Grand Destino Tower is an article that is talking about celebrating New Year's Eve 2019 with all the amazing events that are going to be at the Walt Disney World Resort and um, the, the first item that they brought up about ringing in 2020 and all the things that you can do around Disney World is a special event that is actually going to be um, um, hosted at uh, um, both the Grand Destino Tower and Disney's Corona- at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. And Disney's Riviera Resort is also going to have one as well after it opens later this year. But they're calling these rooftop celebrations, the one at Coronado Springs Resort is the Fleece Ano Nuevo, a New Year's Eve party at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. And it is um, described as, Celebrate the New Year with an elegant party at Toledo Tapas Steak and Seafood, the new rooftop restaurant at the top of Grandestino Tower at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. This special celebration features a savory menu inspired by traditional Spanish New Year's cuisine. Entertainment includes an electric flamenco guitarist who will delight you during your meal with exciting melodies alongside a DJ and Dahlia Lounge who will lead the New Year countdown. And from the windows of the restaurant and the Dahlia Lounge balcony, you'll take in spectacular views of Walt Disney World Resort with glimpses of incredible Disney fireworks displays in the distance. This sounds absolutely awesome. We got a chance to to go up there at uh, where the Dahlia Lounge is and where Toledo is. And it's at the top of uh, Grand Destino Tower. And the views, from, from what I've seen online as well, are, are just gorgeous. We did not see any shows because we, we couldn't get into Dahlia Lounge because it was closed unfortunately, as well as we, we did not get a reservation at Toledo. But I just think that this is gonna be an absolutely mag- magnific- magnificent sight because what you can see from the top of Grandestino Tower is you can see the fireworks over at uh, Hollywood Studios. You can see um, fireworks that would come off at uh, Epcot, and um, you know it's—you just can see so much from the top of uh, Grand Destino Tower. And the next one that is going to be the, I guess, the sister to this, uh, the other rooftop experience. And I so apologize because I know I'm going to be saying this wrong for those listeners that are just cringing right now, but uh, the Mezzanote at Tapolinos, an Italian masquerade at Disney's Riviera Resort. Wear your most luxurious red finery as you step into this elegant rooftop restaurant and don custom colorful masks at the special New Year's Eve party. This Italian masquerade ball comes alive with an exciting DJ, champagne toasts, and traditional musicians and vocalists from the Italian Riviera, all while featuring buffet displays, a la carte tapas style dishes and action stations where our Disney chefs create your dish right in front of you. You'll also enjoy spectacular sights as neighboring Disney fireworks display displays light up the night. Uh, Once again, I think this is going to be cool. I know that uh, um, Riviera is not open yet, but it is going to be very, you know, very tall rooftop, um, the same as what Grand Destino Tower is. So you're going to have great views from the sky. Um, so I think it's going to be an- another, you know, really cool thing. that are both new with two new resorts. The only other place where you could, you know, really go see rooftop fireworks. That's today is, uh, um, at the California, um, at the California grill over at the contemporary. Uh, that is something you can do now every night to shoot fireworks. If you eat at the California grill, you can actually watch the fireworks after dinner. Um, so it's. That's another option that's out there. I know that they've done that for New Year's Eve's parties before, but uh, there's going to be three rooftop places now at uh, Disney World where you can actually see fireworks at night. So I think that's exciting in itself. Uh, Another speaking of, I just jumped ahead without going down, elegant evening under the stars at California Grill at Disney's Contemporary Resort. And this one is described as ring in the new year at disney's contemporary resort with an elegant evening under the stars at the california grill take in a bubbling champagne toast in a setting inspired by the twinkling lights and lush greenery of california wine country be mesmerized by a sleight of hand magician Or have your portrait drawn by an artist on hand. Indulge in decadent delicacies as you mingle with a host of eccentric personalities and marvel at the dazzling view of fireworks from one of the most sought-after lookouts in Central Florida. You might even catch a glimpse of a few familiar pals as they make a special appearance to celebrate the new year. I'm kind of guessing that a few familiar pals is probably going to be Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, uh Goofy, uh, Donald, probably Pluto. I'd imagine it's gonna be the Fab Five and maybe they might bring in someone else different to mix it up, but it's gonna be uh, the typical you know, major, uh, you know, Disney character interactions, which I think would also be something really cool to get pictures. Cause typically at these events too, if there are characters at them, they tend to actually, um, dress up in a special outfit. So I think it'd be cool if, you know, if Mixie was dressed up in a, you know, tuxedo and Minnie was dressed up in a nice new year's, you know, new year's Eve dress. So I, I think that would be a, a, a nice little added touch to say the least. And then, um, I mean, this article goes on and on about, you know, depending on the resort that you're staying at, that also at the Contemporary, they got a countdown to midnight. They're gonna have an ink and paint club at Disney's Contemporary Resort. So both of those are at the Contemporary Resort. Uh, They're gonna have a Pixar party, a new Year's celebration, uh, which is gonna be also at the Disney's Contemporary Resort. They just had one for uh, the 4th of July that they had at the Contemporary as well, um, which which was like a, a barbecue, which people really enjoyed that went to it from, from the reviews that I saw. And then switching to another, um, one of the other actual, where you would be able to get into this one without having to even be staying at the boardwalk, they're going to actually have on the boardwalk a countdown to 2020 at the Atlantic dance hall which would be open to the public and you wouldn't have to be staying at the boardwalk for this one and uh, this one's described as tons of fun and a late night party will be on tap at the Atlantic dance hall this New Year's Eve. Kick off the brand new year with rock and music, tasty treats, and a dash of Disney magic as you count down to midnight. This festive holiday celebration includes views of the Ep- Epcot fireworks, a live DJ, party hats and horns, a confetti drop, a mouthwatering light bite menu, with savory and sweet eats, and a complimentary champagne toast at midnight. And uh, also they have New Year's Eve at Flying Fish, which is at the boardwalk. And then they've got a New Year's Eve celebration at the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa as well. And then for a real classy New Year's Eve celebration, Victoria and Alberts, which is at the Grand Floridian, is also gonna be having a uh, a special uh, New Year's Eve activity. So besides what they're doing in the parks, I, I know Epcot is the big park where there's a lot of things that they do at the different countries as well for, for New Year's Eve. They have a lot of fun doing that. But there's going to be a lot of options, a lot of things that you can actually do at New Year's Eve if you're on the property. And the cool thing, I believe, with some of these as well is some of these um, I'm pretty comfortable that, you know, obviously it's going to be hard if you have kids to keep them out that late. You know, some families do. The kids do stay up. My, my my kids always try to stay up to midnight. Sometimes they make it. Sometimes they don't. But I do think it's going to be neat that they're going to have other options that are options that are both for you know adults and you know in the late night crowd as well as uh, those uh, that are going to be there with their with their kids in tow or or just people that might not like late night. So. You know, are you guys looking forward to uh, checking out any of these options? Or have we had some listeners that have actually gone to um, some of the celebrations, been to Epcot on New Year's Eve? You know, let me know. Uh, I would would love to hear what your experience has been. I have not had a chance to be at, uh, you know, Disney World during uh, New Year's Eve. But it is something that is definitely on my bucket list. And I'd like to do that someday for sure. Um, So, you know, let me know. Switching gears again to to uh, the next story that is um, on on my uh, top list this week is uh, there was an article that went over Lion King experiences that you can enjoy at Walt Disney World right now. With all the rage with the release of the live action uh, of the Lion King that just came out, they've been doing a lot of Lion King inspired experiences at. Uh, Animal Kingdom. When I was at Animal Kingdom this past week, uh, Mindy and I got a chance to go and take uh, pictures at a lot, lot of different uh, um, photo pass opportunities. The one that I liked the most was when you were first walking into Animal Kingdom. They had a whole Lion King booth set up to where uh, you could get your picture inside a booth, and there's characters on the outside of the booth from the original Lion King and the photo pass person it was really kind of neat i realized he was doing this with everyone that was coming up but you take a serious picture and then he'd take a picture where you put your hands out like they were claws and it, it just it turned out really cool um it was a really um really good experience they will take pictures also with your phone if you don't have the you know the photo pass uh um which which is an extra cost um if you're uh on your trip. The cool thing though, I, I think about the photo pass and I'll talk more about the photo pass in a in a future episode. I think you could just almost, you know, spend half an episode just talking about the photo pass options, but I did want to throw that out to those that do not know that if you are just going to one park and you're just gonna be at Disney World for one day and you want to get the photo pass, they do have a one day option that is substantially cheaper. The last time I checked it was $69 to where if you get the other photo pass and you don't get it in advance, I believe the current rate on it is $199. it's awesome. We, we typically we've all the trips we've gone on. I think there might only be one time where we didn't get the photo pass. And I realized that that can be, you know, obviously a very expensive add on, but if you're only going to be there for, for a day and you thought you had to spend $199 to get the photo pass, I'm just throwing out there the single day. That way someone knows that there is a $69 option out there. Um, so if, if that helps somebody out and they say you know, you can save yourself, um, substantial money. I realize it's only one day, but if that's the only time, you know, if you're only going to be there for one day, I wouldn't want someone to think they have to spend $200 when, when they really don't. Um, so they had all the experiences with, with, with the pictures at animal kingdom. And also right now, which is kind of cool is they have a, they have a special, part of the rivers of light. We are one light up your night where a part of that is geared towards, um, the Lion King and, and, and some of the, the footage and, um, the animals that are in the, um, animated film. They also have a really neat, uh, Lion King scene. That is part of the nightly tree of life awakenings. That is an absolutely gorgeous, uh, display that they put on the tree of life. And also, uh, and my kids love this one, the the Hakuna Matata um, uh, dance party, which is at uh, Discovery Island stage. And uh, Rafiki and Timon are in this one. And they also have some other characters that come out and dance. Uh, Blue was one of the characters that was dancing that I saw, as well as, um, oh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I... They, they have random characters sometimes that come out. Rafiki and Timon are uh, the staples, but they also do have uh, King Louie. That was the other one that was out there that I saw um, that was out there with Baloo. So from the Jungle Book, they had a couple uh, other characters. So that was, that was a really neat experience um, as well. But uh, if you're a Lion King fan, now is definitely the time to uh, uh, go to Animal Kingdom while they are running uh, running everything that is going on with uh, with the movie. And I'm sure it won't be long before they switch gears, but uh, if you're gonna be able to be out this summer at uh, um, Animal Kingdom, go to the park. There's a lot going on centered around The Lion King. And, and I personally think The Lion King, uh, um, my family hasn't had a chance to go see the new live action. We're going to actually see it this week. Uh, a lot of the reviews have been favorable. I've read some that aren't so great, but uh, um, I'm looking forward to viewing, uh, to going to see it as well. And then the last story that I have this week is uh, they are now releasing more and more about the upcoming, because it's going to be coming up in less than three weeks now, uh, the uh, Mickey's uh, Boo to You Halloween um, Parade at Magic Kingdom Park. And they are gearing up for the kickoff of Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. And it is described um, on the Disney blog as a must-do experience. And they've added more to it this year. And the actual um, the party this year is um, going to be starting on August 16th. Um, and held on select nights through November the 1st. Every year, it seems, with this one, it is becoming, uh, and it, it, it's, it's, it's happening sooner every single year. It used to only be, you know, it used to be where it didn't start until September. I want to say last year, off the top of my head, I think it started the week after August 16th. I want to say it was like the 22nd or the 23rd. Uh, so it's getting closer and closer I think they even did a test run with the um, the villains after hours which I went to I'll talk a little bit more about that in a future um, podcast as uh, well but uh, I think they might be testing the grounds to see how soon they can really do some of these uh, Halloween activities with especially with the villains uh, they've, they've given them a whole summer at Magic Kingdom for special events um, I think there was going to be a total of 10 shows this summer, um, and they created that, and that was a new experience, and just gearing up for uh, the the kickoff for uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, but uh, they have a couple new changes. One of the changes at this year's party is they are going to be having a new... uh, a new fireworks show, um, that, which is going to be, um, debuting, which is Disney's not so spooky spectacular to replace the other, um, fireworks show that they have been running at the party for years. And then they're also going to be having a monsters Inc. Interactive treat trail, which I think is going to be another neat little add on neat experience to all the other stuff you can do. And this party, we'll, we'll talk more about this party, at uh, in a very soon upcoming podcast because it's almost here and there'll be a lot more information coming out but uh, I just wanted to get the dates out there for the party and a lot I know a lot of people that have gone to the party quite routinely they were they were kind of along the lines of they need to really freshen up the party add some new uh, add some new things to it and Disney is definitely doing that and I absolutely love Halloween I think it's cool anytime that they uh try to do more with with this uh, celebration. So that's the that's the stories this week. Um, If you have any comments or uh, questions about any of the stories we went over, or if you've been to any of these experiences, please let me know. Uh, Email me um, with with your questions or comments at wdwchasers at gmail.com and uh, before we close out the show today one of the new segments that I want to do we don't have any questions and answers yet with the first episode just going up last week but uh, this segment I'm going to call chasers tidbits so and this week's uh, chasers tidbit I am going to be discussing uh, um, rope dropping a theme park I just experienced this um, this past week we um, Uh, rope dropped at Hollywood Studios and uh, we actually rope dropped on uh, Sunset Boulevard and we wanted to get on the Tower of Terror. So what rope dropping is in a nutshell, they used to have a rope. They literally had a rope that when park opened at Disney World there was a rope to where cast members had a rope and then when the park opened up they would have a very brief, basically a rope that went across. They would take the rope down and then people would be able to get into the park and then start heading towards the attraction that they were trying to get on to start their day. So what it is now is they don't have a physical rope anymore, but they do let you get, uh, go through the security check, actually um, get scanned to go into the park and then depending on what you're trying to rope drop, you walk as far, you get as close to that attraction as you can before you are stopped by a cast member who is um, basically the rope now and keeps all of the crowds behind them. This was an experience. Uh, I felt absolutely horrible for anyone that was at um, the rope drop that I was at that had um, little kids with them. Uh, the, The reason why we were rope dropping Tower of Terror is right now it is going through a refurbishment. They are refurbing a couple of the elevators so it is running at a limited capacity right now and Mindy and I wanted to be able to get on the ride. We didn't want to have to wait two and a half hours so we figured hey we will get get there when the park opens and ride Tower of Terror and then go on with our day. So there was a wonderful cast member that told the crowds, hey, is this the first time you've been at a park opening? The first time you've been at a you know a rope drop, going over the rules, you know, please walk in an orderly fashion, don't run, don't, you know, keep personal space, you know, take care of each other, trying to make sure that nobody was going to do anything crazy when they finally let you start going to the attraction you're trying to get to. We had some um, people that also could not get a spot on the actual um, street that was back there to get to Tower of Terror, a rock and roller coaster. So they started going up on the sidewalk and they told everybody, you can't walk on the sidewalk. However, when the magical time came, when they opened up the park, they let us start walking to the attraction. Literally, I'm not kidding when I say this, probably over a hundred people start going up onto the sidewalks, cutting in front of you, jumping down. I saw, um, you know, adults jumping in front of children and literally I saw one child get hit with an elbow. It it was just not magical. It was disgusting. I I don't know really what else to say. I, I don't understand why someone would do that. Nothing is worth getting on at the point of in my opinion lo- losing who you are as as a person it it just was not was not good at all and you know i i saw you know parents holding on to their kids for dear life as, as this convergence went towards going either to rock and roller coaster or um, going towards the tower of terror families getting split up afterwards people having to run through the line to get reunited with their family I don't know what the solution is. I'm not trying to judge. I think the cast members did a wonderful job. They were all trying. They had a security guard there. Uh, It's just people pretty much throughout any any form, not a small segment of the people there did not listen to the rules and just created a negative experience that didn't need to happen. So I don't know what the solution is to this. I, I wish I did, because um, if I did, I would, you know, try to even write a letter or do something because I don't want anyone to get hurt. And I know I know that, uh, you know, Disney World doesn't want anyone to get hurt, but uh, I, I don't know after experiencing this personally, I don't know how, you know, how readily I'm gonna be in the future to, to actually do something like this after experiencing this because, uh, um, you know, I know waiting isn't always the best thing to do, but at the same time, there's just nothing at all magical about seeing people at a place that you absolutely love just running wild and running into each other and knocking people over. And I'll get off my rant on that, but uh, I, I just, if you're gonna go to a rope drop, just please make sure that you, you have a, uh, a, a plan in place that everyone in your family knows to you know stay single file, hold on to each other, do what you have to do. I just don't want anyone to get hurt and I want everyone to be ready for it because I don't want them to be caught off guard if, <laughs> if uh, you decide to rope drop. Um, and then to make matters worse, unfortunately, literally after the rope drop was done rock and roller coaster went down so uh, people waited in line to rope drop it rock and roller coaster then and these things happen there's nothing that you know a cast member can do i feel so bad for a cast member when someone goes up to them and they want to go on a ride and the cast members are like i'm sorry the ride is down um please understand these are employees they they don't take the ride down they didn't do anything to put the ride down they just have to be the bearers of bad news uh, please, please always have an open mind about that and uh, what, what i've always tried to do whenever we go is i try to explain to my to my kids especially expectations of hey no matter what happens please understand that you might not get to go on your favorite ride this trip because rides go down you know or it could be raining and then if it's an outside attraction you don't get to go on the ride It's so hard especially and i do feel bad for those i mean because i realize that there are some of you listeners out there that you might not get a chance to go to walt disney world often maybe you only go one time and then you don't get to go on an attraction because it went down i know that that is not the ideal but i i would definitely try to try to always plan for plan for something like that to happen that way if it does happen you have a positive mindset about it and and you can go on with your day and 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 not let it ruin you know ruin a day because you know you still are at walt disney world and there is still so much magic to actually um, be had so don't 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 let something that is out of your control ruin ruin your experience ruin your day and that's what i did with the rope drop i was just like i had to push it out of my mind and just be like you know what you experienced it you've done it and now it's time to move on with your day and 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 look towards more um you know wonderful things to do that day Um, so that is my tidbit for this week and uh we don't have any questions and answers so i'll skip over that And uh, just like that, it has brought us to the end of this week's Episode 2 podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And remember, whatever your dream is, don't be afraid to chase it. Until next time, Derek Chaser, Chasing Away. Have a wonderful night.